Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Uh, Matt George with us. ABC 10 locked on Kings. One quick coaching note uh, that I want to throw out as we were talking about Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and so on. Mike Tomlin is now the longest tenured coach in the NFL. Uh, he took over the Pittsburgh Steelers 2007. Wow. Mike Tomlin, who has never had a season under 500, is only 51 years old. Wow. He could do this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, he's got some years left. Uh, John Harbaugh is second. Okay. He took over the Ravens in 08. Andy Reid, believe it or not, took over the uh, Chiefs in wow, yeah, 2013. And then it's a tie with a guy you are desperate to fire for whatever reason, Sean McDermott. Then it's Sean. Oh, well, I mean, well, he was on the hot seat. It's like Budenholzer. Sean, but not he's not anymore, right? Or, oh, is he? Because you fired Budenholzer anyway, so. Uh, no, nah, I think he's he's saved his job. He'll be on the hot seat again next year. And then it's a, it's, it's, it's a three-way tie with McDermott, McVay, and your boy. Was Shanahan at Shanahan. eight or seven? Uh, he took over in, in 17. So all three of those guys are at their eighth year with their team. Yeah. So it's just going, a note. Kyle not going nowhere for a long time. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Mike Tomlin is either. Nope. I don't think Mike Tomlin the, I mean is the Steelers, either. that's crazy. They've had what, three coaches in like fifty years? Something like that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh it's pretty nuts, man. And uh we're happy to have Matt George with us as we shift our attention uh back to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Matt, this road trip started exactly the way you would want it to. Uh, how are you feeling after uh, these these two victories, despite one of them being a little bit? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the last seven quarters that the Sacramento Kings played. Absolutely. Uh, the eighth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, that could be thrown out and, and, and thrown off a bridge. And, and really, honestly, I, I focused on that and actually started with that, even though the Kings defeated the Pistons and in, in my post-game podcast I started with that quarter because I thought that quarter was absolutely unacceptable it wasn't surprising by any means I don't know if Domas who played hard the entire game including that bad first quarter Kings would have been down by like 30 or 40 had Domas not decided to play as hard as he did to start that quarter I don't know if it was Domas I don't know if it was Mike Brown I don't know if it was somebody else but somebody said something or did something to wake that team up and they, they figured it out. They turned it around. They used a quarter. They only needed a quarter to bring that back. Then, I mean, that was a roller coaster ride of a game period to go down 20, then up 15. Then the game was tied, and then you win by 21. It's just such a weird, crazy basketball game. But they followed it up not only with 
hooray, they finally won both games of a back-to-back, which shouldn't have taken this long for this team to accomplish and shouldn't matter this much, but of course to Kings fans it does at this point. But they they put together a really, really complete game. They had their core four play really well for the second straight game without a single one of them playing more than 32 minutes, which I think is amazing. Fox and Domas didn't even touch 30. They finished with 28. And maybe the most exciting part about that game is like two things. One, everything that the Kings did was repeatable. It wasn't like, oh, the Kings won by by 20 on the road because Fox went for 45 or the Kings hit 24 threes. Now they, they, they shot well from three point range, but I think they only made like 13 of them. They just played a, the two words that I used were like active and engaged defensive performance Mm -hmm. on the second night of a back to back against a team that they should be beaten. And I don't care if anybody turns around and says, Matt, it's the Charlotte Hornets. It's not that impressive. No, I hear that. But at the same time, I think it's very impressive. I think it's very encouraging for the Sacramento Kings to finally play to their level, regardless of the competition that they're playing and beat yeah. a team. They should be beating like we know they should be beating them. Yeah. So last night was a lot of positive, a game that I think a lot of us needed to see from Sacramento last night after the, uh, the, the ups and downs of not just the Pistons game, but the ups and downs of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I, I feel the same way um, about this game. Like they handle business. They look, good while doing it and I mentioned it earlier uh, Matt we, we've talked about it a number of different times this is not a finished product with this team they're trying to work through some things they're trying to work some stuff out whether it's with the guys in the locker room or adding new personnel but they're not a finished product but they're still eight at the time when I mentioned it they were eight games over 500 now they're nine games over 500 and that's almost an encouraging sign, right? Because they haven't been perfect. There is room to grow. And there's still nine games over 500. So if they get to a point where they start to get into a groove and figure some things out, they could take off. No, and Mike has pointed that out too. Mike's commented on the fact that this team has dealt with significantly more injury issues this year than they dealt with last year. And they've dealt with some some unexplainable shooting numbers like why this team is close to the bottom of the league. I think they're still around the bottom of the league and catch and shoot three point percentage while why they're at the bottom of the league and free throw percentage with basically the same team coming back. It's not like they added Shaq or DeAndre Jordan to this roster that's tanking their free throw percentage. Like it's the same group. They're just not making free throws. Like there's some unexplainable things about this Kings team and why they're down statistically. And yet here they are nine games above 500 in early to mid-January. So it's it's encouraging for sure. That being said, a game like last night makes their poor defensive efforts even more frustrating to me because we know this team is capable of it. Mike's not asking for this team to become a great defensive team. He knows what roster he has. He's asking for them to be engaged. He's asking for them to be active, to fight for a a full 24 seconds, which I know is not an easy ask, especially from guys who are also expected to deliver on the offensive end of the floor seconds later. And the Kings naturally like to play fast and get up and down, which takes energy to do so. That being said, playing fast and playing that style offensively is what these players live for. Malik Monk lives for those opportunities in transition to throw a lob or throw a dunk down or pull up from three. Keegan Murray seems to thrive in transition. We know how good De'Aaron Fox is. You play the way that you play and your team offensively looks its absolute best when you get defensive stops. And you're not going to get defensive stops by suddenly becoming a great defensive team. You're also not going to get defensive stops by hoping an NBA caliber team misses shots on every night. You're going to get stops by playing hard, 
by being disruptive, by jumping passing lanes, by creating deflections and creating opportunities for yourself to get out and run. And that's what we saw from the Kings last night. That's why they look so good. They didn't do anything fundamentally differently on the defensive end other than they played actively and, and they were engaged. Matt, you you just said there's like some you know unexplainable things statistically as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings this year. I'm going to ask you to try to explain them. Oh, great. What do you think, it, like, like what, what's your gut tell you, like, as to what, is, why is this team so up and down? Why are the losses so dramatic? Why are the wins, you know, runaway wins? Why, what, where, where's the, the balance here with this team? I keep going back to what Mike Brown and DeMontis Sabonis both talked about during training camp and preseason, which is, I want to make this team uncomfortable. Mike is intentionally making this team uncomfortable so they can learn how to thrive in that discomfort and can learn how to win in other ways than just outscoring their opponent. And Mike was very transparent during the the, the homestand after, I can't remember what game it was, he said, there are guys on this team that would like for us just to outscore people on a nightly basis. There are guys on this team that would like us to do basically what we did last year, which is just try and score. And Mike knows that they can win in the regular season by doing that. They know that they can make the playoffs by doing that. But Mike has been consistent, and he's probably the guy with the multiple championship rings who's been there and done that before with multiple different teams. He's probably the guy that they should be listening to when he says, look, that is not sustainable in the league. As fun as the Kings, Mike D'Antoni style of just score 140 points a night, as fun as the Indiana Pacers are and the darlings of the league with the statistics and the, the league pass views, I don't think anybody looks the the Pacers and goes, yeah, that team is going to win it all. And 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 that's ultimately where Mike is trying to get to. I also don't think Mike looks at this roster and goes, yeah, this team by playing defense is going to win it all right now. He's going to say that and he's going to try and get them there because why would they play for anything else? But Mike's aware of the roster that he has. But the best way that I can explain the things that have been unexplainable, the ups and downs, is that he is intentionally trying to make this team uncomfortable. He's intentionally trying to ask everybody on this team to do more than just what got them to the NBA in the first place. Like he, he wants more. He's expecting more. Now at times I think he's gone too far at times. I think he's gone away from things that he shouldn't. Like we talked a lot last week about him only playing Malik Monk five minutes in the first half to send a message. I thought that was the wrong thing to do. I think at times we can say he's mishandled the Kevin Herter situation. Kevin looks completely lost. Kevin looks uncomfortable. And I understand that Mike is challenging Kevin, but there's a fine line between challenging someone and breaking them. And in a lot of ways, I think Mike has broken a lot of what Kevin Herter does for this team. So mm. Mike's not perfect. He'll say he's not perfect. And trust me, he'll he'll turn anything around that you give him praise for. He'll give the praise to other people. And when it comes to criticism, he'll welcome that onto himself. So Mike is not claiming that he's handling things 100% the right way. In fact, he said, Things are going to go wrong, and I will happily take ownership for, for for things going wrong. But this team consistently looks uncomfortable, which apparently is by design. And that's the only thing that I can really explain why we're seeing these strange ups and downs with this group. We tend to make the comparison a lot between this year's team and last year's team. And I'll, I'll ask you, we've asked this question a number of different times, which, which team do you think was better? think they were better last year or are they a better team now this year i think i think that's a lot deeper of a question than it sounds on the service level kenny because i think define better like better I, like statistically 
they're not better in a lot of ways, especially like we're talking about the number one offense in the league. That offense is nowhere to be seen. They still have those weapons and the capability to be that, but offensively, no, they're not better. They're not even close to the same. Mm -hmm. I think in terms of entertainment value, they're not better. I'm not, I don't, I'm not enjoying watching the Kings play this season as much as I'm enjoying. I enjoyed watching them last year. I've enjoyed individual performances like Keegan when he went off for 47. Demata Savona is putting up a triple double damn near every night at this point. Malik Monk doing his thing. De'Aaron Fox when he was going for 40 and, 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 and 30 almost every single night, right? Like I've enjoyed aspects of that, but the Kings have been less fun to watch as a basketball team this year as they are last year. That being said, I think this team is in a better position to handle ultimately what Mike is trying to get this team to. I think they're better positioned to handle adversity that they will face in the playoffs. And if the Kings go through another, what, how many months left of the season? Three months left in the regular season before the playoffs and are continuing to figure this out. Hopefully it's like an iron sharpens iron type thing to where they'll have a full season of dealing with and understanding how to handle being uncomfortable so that whenever the team who they play in the playoffs makes them uncomfortable, they're able to respond to that. So are they better than they were last year? And in a lot of ways, no. Are they more equipped to be better this year than they were last year? If that makes sense. I think, yes. Uh, the way that they've, gotten through these last two games is a little bit different than what we've seen uh, from the Sacramento Kings. They've hit that threshold of points that we always look for, that 115 plus. But they haven't done it with the 15, 16, 17, 18 threes. They've done it by being dominant in the paint. Yes. And while I think a lot of that has to do with game planning for Detroit and Charlotte, we don't always see them execute that. And mm -hmm. that's that that uh, Matt has been my favorite takeaway uh, from these last two games. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like tomorrow now that we know Joel is out because certainly Joel is a detractor from trying to uh, uh, get in the paint. But the fact that they've been so good in that particular category, which has not been kind to them, at least not to this degree uh, all season, uh, I think is a big positive for this team. Finding a different way to win a basketball game. Yeah, I'm not going to disrespect the the Kings coaching staff and and by saying that they're not intentionally game planning to to attack the paint more because we know that's something that they've wanted to do all season. But the big difference for me over these last two games has been Demonte Sabonis has had enough. Like mm -hmm. I've just I've looked at Sabonis and watched Sabonis play, and he's like, you know what? He was pissed when we talked to him in the locker room after the Pelicans game. He was pissed, and he didn't call anybody out by name. But essentially, what he said was like you would think that we would respond better and play harder against a team that's kicked our ass as many times as the Pelicans have, but we didn't like Sabo. And, and then in that first, I think that first quarter in Detroit told us a lot. Hmm. Sabonis is fighting. He throws down a dunk and he's screaming and he's not looking at the Detroit Pistons bench and screaming at them. He's not looking at whoever the hell he dunked on. He's looking at his teammates like, come on, hmm. let's go. Like that, that is the side of Demonis Sabonis. There's been criticisms and understandably so about Sabonis. Can he be that guy that offensively scoring wise can lead you? Can he be that guy that you can lean on to go and get you a bucket? Certainly not as much as, as De'Aaron Fox is maybe not as much as Malik Monk can be at times, but what we're seeing over these last two games for sure. And, and really the last week to two weeks is in, in addition to Sabonis being a triple double machine, he's saying, you know what? I am a leader by example. 
if we, this team needs fire, I'll give it to them by example. Mm. Like that's what we've been seeing from Sabonis. And Sabonis is, is shutting a lot of people up, I think, a lot of ways. And yeah, he can be that guy. No matter what he does during the regular season, there's going to be people that just dismiss it as Sabonis is a regular season beast. But what will he do in the playoffs? They won't give him any kind of credit. And it is what it is. But what we're seeing is not a player who's trying to earn that respect. We're seeing a player that's looking around at his team and going, I don't understand why we're not fighting as hard as we should. I don't know why we're getting blown out on a nightly basis. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm going to do something about it. Who's with me? Like, that's what I've seen from Sabonis in these last few games. And you know who's answered that call? Has been Keegan Murray. Mm. Keegan's answered the level of aggression too. He said, okay, my center's fighting. I'm a fight too. Keegan's attacking the basket. He's putting his shoulder down. The Kings are running a lot more sets for Keegan, which I love to see. I still think De'Aaron Fox is playing banged up, but De'Aaron is trying to do his thing. And I, from De'Aaron's perspective too, there's an element of relief right now because if De'Aaron's not at 100% in years past, yeah, the Kings were probably toast. De'Aaron's not at 100%, hasn't been for the last couple of weeks, and he has a man damn near averaging a triple-double a second-year player who's willing to score, and Malik Monk, who will even take the distribution duties off of his shoulders a little bit while he gets right. That's a team. And I've seen, really, over these last seven quarters, at least. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I, I love, I love. That. Well, actually, sorry, sorry. They actually attacked the paint in the first quarter of the Detroit Pistons. Remember, they scored like 29 in that one, and it was all two-pointers. Right. Mm-hmm. They just gave up 53s. Yeah. <laughs> Detroit broke all records ever uh, that first quarter against uh, against Sacramento. Everything sorry. Too. It was, it was uh, some of the, once, once again, chicken or the egg situation. What comes first, bad deal or just shot making? They were hitting everything in that first quarter. In that case, it was both. <laughs> yeah, and if, if I can, if I can jump on that really quick too, because I saw a lot of people like I, I called that first quarter pathetic after it happened, and I stand by what it was. It was. And it, the, the rest of the game and the Kings coming back and finding a way to win doesn't make that first quarter any less pathetic. And a lot of people pointed out, Matt, that quarter was a shooting anomaly for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, they're not going to shoot seventy percent from the field, seventy percent from three point range for the game. I get that. 
But why do so many teams seem to have those shooting anomaly games against the Sacramento Kings? That's number one, because I think teams are coming. I tried to ask the players and coaches about this, and I don't think they understood my question because I didn't do a good job of wording it. But like teams come into games against Sacramento. Shooters come into games and know I'm going to get mine. Like every team comes into a game against the Kings with uh, confidence shooting the basketball. That's why we see, and this is a problem that's been the last 20 years, not just this season. Teams come in expecting to get good looks. Shooters come in and they have good nights against the Sacramento Kings consistently. Mm. And on top of that, okay, you know Cade Cunningham is out. Boyan Bogdanovich is the second leading scorer on that team. So naturally, this isn't scouting. This is common sense. Naturally, that guy's probably going to try and step up and score more. And the amount of open looks that Boyan Bogdanovich got in that first quarter, to me, that's unacceptable. It's common sense this guy is going to shoot more and look for his with Cade being out. And still, they gave him as many looks as he could possibly want. That was the unacceptable, uh, unacceptable part to me. Not that the Pistons were making shots. It's that the Kings weren't putting any resistance to the Kings or the Pistons making shots. No, you're spot on. And even with the Pistons making shots, it's still unacceptable. Like They were feeling a little too comfortable out there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's that's on you as the Sacramento Kings and whatever team it is to to try and change up their rhythm, trying to change up the intensity of what you're doing on the defensive end. Like I said, just feeling a little too comfortable. But you mentioned Domas um, being assertive and, yep. and and kind of taking taking it personal. I love that about Domas Sabonis, man. I really do. I love that. Not to use this guy's phrase all the time, but he gets pissed off for grace for greatness. Like he, 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 he does not like, he's the opposite of De'Aaron. It feels like when, you know, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I'm just saying De'Aaron will be like, they get beat up by 30 or 40. Like I'm gonna leave it here and I'll be ready to go when I come back the next morning. Domas does not seem like he leaves it there. He seems like he is, it just eats at him and he shows up every time. They both show up every time after those big losses, but in their own different ways. And I just love how he he takes it personal and says, I'm getting after it right now. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I could say it any better. Like when he, like he is not the biggest center in the league, whether it's height or weight, he's not. But he's ridiculously strong. He's incredibly smart. He does get away with a lot of travels. I will say that, but a lot of centers do in the league nowadays. He drags that pivot foot a little too much for my liking, but he also has really, really good dribble moves and and, and post moves that allow him to kind of get away with that and, and get his uh, opponents up in the air. And for him to get position and hold position on the offensive end as well as he does, even when two or three guys close out on him, uh, he, he just he's a very, very smart physical player. He doesn't play physical for the sake of playing physical. He plays physical with knowing when's the right time to push and when's the right time not to. And like we, like I said, the leadership that we've seen out of him, not just statistically, not just picking up for a De'Aaron Fox who's struggling, but a leadership from Sabonis that is, I'm not going to scream in anybody's face. At least we've never seen him do that before. The most I've ever seen is him pull Keegan aside and have an animated conversation with him, but never screaming, never yelling. That's not who Sabonis is unless he's dunking the basketball, apparently. But Sabonis can play with that fire and channel that fire into the way that he's playing. And again, it's not him turning and screaming at the team he's he's playing against. It's not him turning and screaming at the officials. It's him turning and yelling and looking and making eye contact with his teammates and saying, someone meet me here. Someone come with me. Follow me here. And, and the Kings, I think, have responded to that over the last 48 hours. 
Matt, what's the what's your what's your take away from? And I, I think you just use this phrase a minute. You talk about the top four. It's been a couple of really top heavy games for Sacramento, where you get the big time performances from Keegan, as you pointed out, and Delmas has been incredible. You know, De'Aaron is still you know you know hovering around the twenty point mark, and then mm-hmm. you get Malik, you know, there at at, at, at twenty plus, and that's where it kind of stops. You know, you got some fine performances yesterday with the extended minutes for guys like Alex Lynn, who was terrific, by the way, in his minutes, the DPOG. Uh, Trey Lyles as well. But, you know, the the shooting guard position is a bit of a problem uh, outside of Malik. (laughs) And, you know, Harrison is just kind of in this weird funk, I guess. I, I I don't know. But do you have any concern over over those those big four kind of carrying things for them right now? Yes and no. Yes, because I think we all thought that uh, the depth was going to be and supposed to be a strength of this Kings team, and, and it just hasn't been as much as you want it to be. I mean, this core four, they're the they're what's going to take this Kings team as far as they're going to go, and we and we know this. And what I like is that we're seeing the core four that is capable of playing well all at the same time. Now, can they take it a step further to where when De'Aaron is having his superstar night, Sabonis, Keegan, and Monk are still making a similar kind of impact. Like, I don't see how the Kings lose a basketball game, guys, if the Kings are getting a 30-point performance from De'Aaron Fox, a 18- to 22-point performance from Keegan with the rebounds to boot, and Sabonis' double-double on average, maybe triple-double on a nightly basis. And then you add Malik Monk with just what he does off the bench. Like, that is a really, really, really good basketball team that is incredibly difficult to stop. We've known this about this group. I, the, the word I think is like there, Trey Lyles is the fifth guy for me in, in terms of reliability. After that, Mike mm-hmm. called it the pack. Like when I asked him a couple of weeks ago about why Sasha Vizenkov is not playing, he didn't say Sasha directly, but he basically said nobody has separated themselves from the pack. The pack is the rest of that roster. And I and unfortunately include Harrison Barnes now in that pack. Harrison is in the starting lineup, I think, kind of by necessity. Like you just don't have long wings on this Kings team. So Barnes is at the very least a veteran. He's reliable in the sense that he can hold that position down. He's not been reliable in the production that he's giving you, but he holds that position down. And Mike at least knows that 40 is available for him on a nightly basis, if anything else. Mm. But this Kings team has a pack of players that we think are good, but nobody's separating themselves. Nobody is like we saw bits and pieces of it. And there are also some unexplainable things. Like, I don't know what Keon Ellis has done to just fall out of the rotation completely, but here he is. He's given Davion Mitchell opportunities. Davion has not done anything to separate himself from the pack. Sasha is not getting really any opportunities. He played in that blowout loss, but he played well offensively in that blowout loss that the the Kings had. So I, I, I just think this Kings roster has four, guys at the very top that you are really, really comfortable and, and can rely on. You have a fifth or sixth guy in Trey Lyles and maybe Alex Lenz sometimes. Really five guys that you can rely on consistently. Yeah. The rest of this group is a pack. that Some nights they're going to give you something, some nights they're not, and nobody's standing out for Mike. And that's, you know, it's it's the thing that's maddening, like you said earlier, but it's also could be it also could be something that's encouraging. Because if you just, like we talked, you talk, you laid it out just now when, you know, Fox is giving you 30, Sabonis or Keegan are giving you 18 to 22, Monk is doing what he does. Well, what if Herder or Barnes gives you 11? Like, <laughs> they're not losing. I think we saw the, uh, somebody had the numbers in here. I think it was securing the beam. 
when Harrison has 11 plus points, they're 14 and five on the season. You know, so as good as that that four is, if they could just get one of the other starters to consistently give you, because I know Harrison probably averages like 11, but give you like a real 11 a night or her to give you a real 11 or 12 a night, that's that's another level for this team, it feels like. Oh, I was feeling the exact same thing. But then I started thinking to game planning against the Sacramento Kings for a best of seven series. And the Golden State Warriors did a really, really good job of this. If I'm game planning against the Kings, whoever's starting at the two and Harrison Bards, I'm forcing those guys to beat me. Now, I don't think you're going to be able to stop all four of the Kings core on a nightly basis. If you can stop two of them, you probably have a or limit two of them. You probably have a pretty good chance of winning. If you can limit one of them, you're definitely or uh, three of them, you're definitely winning. But like if, if Kevin Herter continues to be the starter for the Sacramento Kings, assuming he's healthy and I hope he's healthy, but let's say they ride the same starting lineup into the, into the uh, playoffs, which I still think is a very, very likely scenario. As much as the Kings want to make a move, I still think there's a very good chance that that the starting five essentially stays the same. Hmm. If that's the case, whoever hmm. the Kings are facing, I'm looking at that and I'm going, yeah, like I'm going to force Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes to beat me. And maybe they score 11 or 12 once or twice during the series, but are they going to do that seven games? Are they going to do that four games? I don't know. So as good as the core is, and I believe this core is good enough certainly to win a playoff series for the Sacramento Kings, there still have to be five guys on the floor at all times, which means one of those four is at least minimum, one of those four is is out there. That's the guy that I'm allowing to try and beat me or trying to force to beat me. You got your eye on someone in these trade conversations? Got my eyes on a lot of people. Um, had a conversation <laughs> with uh, Kyle Madsen today. It's dropping right after your guy's show ends at 4 o'clock about Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, it's, it's a little muddy about how that would happen. but So we, just, just, just real quick, did you hear our conversation earlier? No, about I that? missed it. Okay, so here's, 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 here's our presentation to Matt George. You like Kaminga, huh? Okay. We don't really want to deal with Sacramento, but there is a situation in which we will deal with Sacramento. We will trade you, Jonathan Kaminga. And Draymond Green. In return for whatever. How you feel about it? Click. Oh. Yeah, you can't really slam phones down in <laughs> yeah, 2024 you can't do it anymore. anymore. No, yeah. click. I'm turning it off. No, and it's it, what's funny is I talked about this during the offseason too. Uh, Draymond the archetype of a Draymond player in so many ways is what this Kings team needs. This Draymond loose cannon nutcase that's that's been physically abusing people more than he's been playing basketball this season. Yeah, I'm good. Like I, that's that's let's leave that aside. But what's funny is the name that came up in my conversation with uh, with uh, Kyle was Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. And if Wiggins would come over, you're taking in his money, and he's not playing well right now at all. The last time he was playing at that level that that the Warriors loved was when Mike Brown was there. It's a risk, but can Mike Brown figure out how to get Jonathan Kaminga to be an impactful fourth, sometimes third option as the starting three on this Kings team? Like the idea of it, but other names that are out there, like I think the Kings should absolutely be calling uh, the Grizzlies about Marcus Smart. The Grizzlies traded two first round picks in order to get Marcus Smart though. So you're not going to get him for cheap. I think there's a chance that the Kings. Oh, you might now. He's out Mm. six weeks. So, oh, that's true. That's true. I didn't see that. Um, <laughs> this is defective. I want the clearance price. I need 20% off my deal here. I need 20% off, man. This guy's out six weeks. 
<laughs> Get him at Ross. It's like three weeks past the trade deadline. It's the fact. That's right. It's got the it's got the alternate <laughs> stitching here. Yeah, that's it's true. off. Uh, I'm calling the Chicago Bulls about um, Alex Caruso, uh, uh, of course. I'm not too interested in Kyle Kuzma, but I understand if they're interested. And then the name that I like, there aren't too many players that are out there that I'd be willing to package like three first round picks for that realistically the Kings can get. Hmm. I'm calling the Brooklyn Nets and trying to to gauge interest. And I've talked to the Locked On Nets host, and I he believes there would be interest in a package of three firsts, Kevin Herter and something for McCall Bridges potentially. So that's going to be a future podcast. But like, there aren't too many players out there that I think would be the right kind of future be damned, let's go for it type move. I think McCall Bridges could be one of those guys. He absolutely is one of those guys. I, I Have I been I, saying his name wrong this whole time? No, I think Matt did. Okay. I, I probably said it wrong. It's Mikael. <laughs> Mikael. I was McCall. like, oh, man. That's terrible. Mikael, Mikael. Or, or it's Miles, Mikael, and McCall. <laughs> there's, there's three. It's they're actually triplets. There's there's three of them. But Michael. I've never understood that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I've he's not uh, a foundation. Yeah, in Brooklyn. but it's been like since they tr- got him. Yeah, this has been going on. So, Matt, work your magic. Come on, man. Oh, yeah, I think I, get, I think get, I might have. Some, get, well, let's put that, it this way: get that locked on network to make something happen here. I don't want to spoil too much of what we're going to discuss, but the framework of the deal w- was. Was Herder three firsts and I think Colby Jones four bridges done deal? It's fine. And Anything that's else? What, that's what I was saying. Yeah. What, what else you need? You, you, I was I was trying to find a way wings? to get Lonnie Whatever. Walker included in that, and then of course they asked for Keegan, and I said, "Shut up." Well, <laughs> you know, you know, the funny thing about that is, I think that's like far fetched, right? Like I don't think that would happen, but if that's if they're willing to like do some. Do some talking for Michael. Yeah, I wonder what Cam Cam Johnson would sound like. Mm. I would like him in Sacramento. Michael signed, like right? Be... Did he sign so. with Phoenix? Yeah, he so. signed with Phoenix because yeah, yeah, yeah. he signed yeah. before DeAndre Absolutely. did. I think yeah. he got eighty million. Yeah, okay. Um, but like, but Cam, like, he'd have to be cheaper than that. He's mm-hmm. not Michael Bridges. I wonder what that would look. Give like. Give up draft picks for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bridges is under contract for two more years. He's paid twenty three point three next year, and then the following season twenty four point. Yeah, fine. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, what, what else? What's next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that might be a conversation going forward. I don't know how much Brooklyn actually does that specifically because they traded Kevin Durant for him, um, but I don't know. Like that's that's where I if I'm Monty and I'm. Willing to be aggressive with firsts, that's the kind of target that I'm yeah. looking for to be aggressive with firsts. But you know the way the this league is covered. Like how many picks did they get in that in the in the in the in the oh like five? So so say five, right? And then you trade Mikel Bridges. Now all of a sudden, the Brooklyn Nets got eight first round <laughs> picks for Kevin Durant. That's what the conversation becomes. And these yeah. and these nerds that love draft picks that have no names attached to them. And fawn over guys like Sam Presti. Oh, they'll eat that up. They'll call the Brooklyn Nets the team of the century for that. Yeah, yeah. And put put in some pick swaps in there too. Sure. You well, know, I don't care. Whatever you want. Yeah. We'll put the Nets logo on the on the Tower <laughs> Bridge for a month if you want. Goodness sakes. Yeah, Mike. I'm, I'm all in. Oh Good my. call, Matt. Oh my. Let's get it done, Matt. Let's get it done. I didn't know who you were gonna say when you said when you when you talk about two three picks. I was like, who the hell is he about to say? There aren't too many names. Like I would yeah, throw three not. picks. 
I would throw three picks without hesitation at Jalen Brown. That's never going to happen, wow. but I would do it without hesitation for Jalen Brown. Like we're talking about that echelon of a, of a player and Bridges is on a team that might be willing to move on. Like there aren't too many players on bad teams that fit that. Okay. Here's three first round picks bill. It's not mm-hmm. Kuzma. It's not Pascal Siakam. Bridges is that guy. You know what That's I did great. think about, you know what I thought about on my drive in, <laughs> It was a lie. It wasn't really my drive-in. It was yesterday. Like, is the Suns Kevin Durant thing, is that real? Because if it is, what does that look like? Like, what does that look like a second, third, a third time around? Yeah. Second, you gotta second feel like time it's around? It's got to be less than what it was before. I would. It's not five first-round picks. It can't be five first-round picks again. But is yeah, but it Three. K- KD KD did a podcast. I think today I saw a tweet about it where he said, "I don't want to be traded." Uh, I was going to say, it's, never, "It's usually weird if Kevin Durant does a podcast. <laughs> usually something's going down." <laughs> so, but oh, good. Yeah, I don't want him to be traded either. To, to your point, though, I mean, yeah, it's got to be. I think it'd be like half of what it was. Yeah, and good news, Kings fans. Suns play the Lakers tonight. So someone's losing. Someone's losing. Because so, I'm I'm watching I'm watching standings every day. Every Matt. day. I'm like, well, okay. Jazz the Jazz out of nowhere is starting to play some good basketball. Mm-hmm. They beat Denver last night handily. Yep. So we'll see what happens with them. <laughs> I thought Matt was frozen. <laughs> I was going. No, I'm, 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 I'm just, just going to see who the first person to talk was. No, I'm just, I'm so, enjoying this. Just I'm just here. Who the first person to talk? Matt, was. So, hey Matt, so you, uh, well, you're not off, off, but the Kings aren't here. The Niners don't play. What you got going on this weekend? Oh God! Uh, Saturday we have the high school football, essentially the high school football all star game, our version of the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So that'll be. I think that's at. Um, Is that a huge? Uh, yeah, I think it's at Hughes Stadium. Okay. So I'll be covering that. Um, even though the Kings are gone, they still are playing damn near every other night at this point. So mm-hmm. like, I never thought I'd get to a point where I'm like, take two days off. Jesus, <laughs> stop playing. Uh, but that's not going to be the case. They have been playing a future. lot. Yeah. Playing yeah, a ton. Yeah. They had they had four home games in a week right before Christmas. Then they after Christmas had that three-game road trip. Then they came back and another four home games in a week. And then they left and they had four games in five nights on the road. Mm. Like it's just, they're playing a ton of basketball right now, which is why I don't necessarily blame De'Aaron Fox for looking like he's been hit by a truck. I was going to say, maybe sometimes we should take that into account when we talk about the way the guy looks on the floor. We're, Very true. Some of us might be tired of watching Kings basketball. Right. Those guys are actually out there they actually playing play. at a high level, yeah. at the highest possible level. There was a big emphasis by the league like three years ago, three or four years ago. We're going to limit back-to-backs and we're going to limit three games and four nights. Boy, that sure is gone. They said, bring in an in-season oh, tournament. Yeah. Screw no, they added game. more. <laughs> let's, let's find a way to add a couple more games in here to the schedule. You don't care about the regular Boy. season. That's fine. You go and play, Boy. and there's no load management no more. You're going to get in trouble, too. I'm going to I'm gonna make you pay a fine for resting your players. I think KC hit the nail on the head, too, with, with something. The saw our man, Ant-Man, Anthony Slater, tweeted something about Draymond. Boy, it's sure looking like Dre LK day <laughs> coming up on Monday. <laughs> The return of Draymond Green on Martin Luther King. Draymond had a dream. 
Oh, they'll air this big, long promo for Draymond Green in black well, and white. Hey, well, look, to be honest with you, that's where Wimbenyama's playing. He's playing on MLK Day. Oh, my gosh. I'm sick of seeing the Spurs. But, um, but, okay, so let's get this straight. He's on national TV. Every, they didn't put him in Paris? No, they didn't put him in Paris. Bizarre. Um, but the other thing is they may have to pull Dre in there for some for some ratings. Yeah, it's an awful two games. Yeah, uh, Spurs and Hawks. Warriors and Grizzlies. Yeah. You watch them. Could have been the Kings. Does Draymond hate anybody on Memphis? Um, no. I think all. Will T. Morant be there? See, see, see. That's the that's the thing. Marcus probably could have. Like, let's see how better you are, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And just annoyed, just annoyed Draymond for the whole time. But now Marcus is out, and I don't see why T. Morant would be there. T. Gonna be with his boy. Shout out, Ja. I saw his post earlier, man. Hope, hope, Get well hope soon, Ja. I well. hope my brother gets well. Um, so make sure you check out the Locked on Kings podcast, wherever you get podcasts from. Video versions are always terrific. Check that out over on Matt's uh, Locked on Kings podcast uh, channel here on YouTube. Uh, Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.